Hey, this is your name, your name, your name. And uh, they say it ain't Have their man. Jets got themselves a great Robert Sala. Robert Sala. Talk about all gas, no break. The great one. We're not talking about effort on the field. Ooh. We're talking about the process at which we do things. Oh, I'm not going to lie to you. Hurry up, hurry up, hurry up. Keep your foot on the pedal. Base, 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 base. There's no way I'm not going to have enthusiasm on the sideline. Hey, own this rep. Own this rep. The New York Jets. We can beat anybody in the world, and I think we're going to win next Sunday. Everybody and welcome to the latest edition of the Ain't Easy Being Green podcast, broadcasting to you live from beautiful, amazing, picturesque Crystal Lake Studios in Westchester County, New York. My name is Keith Fowl. I am joined, as always, by the number one Jetson in the state of Texas, none other than my colleague and co-host Michael Garrison. Yo, what's up, everybody? It's been a minute. What's going on? Mike, what's up? We're unable to get with the people last week, real busy, but we're back through the draft through the rest of this year. On this adventure, we're going to hopefully be going on with Aaron Rodgers. We're here for the ride, guys. The rest of the year, ABG will be here to ride with you. And you know, we got the we got the whole crew back in here. The number one tight end in the history of college football back in the building. Wookie, welcome to the show. What's going on, everybody? What's up, Big Wook? Coming in, fired up, ready to rock and roll, guys. And you know him, you love him. The number one high school football coach in the nation today is back as well. My cousin, Samuel here. Sammy, what's going on? Jet Nation, what's going on, everyone? All right, boys, we're back in the building here. Got a few things to discuss when it comes to the squadron. Odell Beckham went ahead and signed with the Ravens. We've been talking about him a lot the past month or so. Aaron Rodgers, you're from Adam Schefter here, guys. The Adam Schefter that since the NFL GM meetings, the Jets and the Packers have not spoken. We're going to get into that a little further. Of course, came out last week that maybe the 49ers are back in the mix. Who knows if this is all just hearsay or not, guys. Um, we want to talk about um, some new signings to the squad. A guy got cut that me and Mike used to really like a lot. Um, the greatest punter of all time is history. And give you a little draft prep. Now, the next two weeks, guys, we're going to get into the mock madness. And we'll once again, Mike, we're going to have to once again just let everybody know about the accolades. Oh. Just the, the, pre- pre- the, the predictions have been out of, out of this world the past four years, this mock madness. Considering how difficult it is, we've done a really good job. The next two weeks, we're going to hit you with that. Today, a little bit of a draft primer. Mike wants to talk a little bit about this offensive line hole we had, probably the direction we're going. We'll see how that all works out. But the first thing I want to ask Mike and the boys, because Mike, I haven't spoken to you about the Jets in a hot minute here. Yeah. Odell Beckham is someone that me and you ended up saying, okay, look, this looks like this might be a reality. He's coming to the Jets. He's interested in the Jets. There's this love affair. They're talking to him. They're seeing him at meetings. You know, all the rumors are out there. Jets are the front runner, this and that. I got two questions. One, are you surprised he's not a Jet, Mike? And then two, do you feel less of a hit considering the amount of money the Ravens gave him. Okay, that, that lessen the blow considering he's got 18 mil from the Ravens. We couldn't match that. That's what I wanted to ask you, Mike. Well, philosophically, I agree with adding another weapon. Um, I was cool with the idea of getting OBJ as long as he was going to be a model citizen and do his thing and have a good relationship with our team. It looked like that's where it was going. I think he wanted to be a debt. But when the Ravens decided to up the ante and pay a guy who hasn't played in two years off two surgeries, 15 mil guaranteed. Okay. The second highest bid for him was our team. 
and then there was nothing else even close. And that's because nobody in their right mind would do that. The Ravens did, let's just be real, guys. Ravens did that to get Lamar. That's why they did it. They did it because they think it's going to help their offense, understood. But the main reason they did it was to get Lamar because they know him and Lamar are boys. And that's working. They went to a party in Miami and everything like that. So to answer Keith's question directly, yo, you can have him. I mean, there's a way in hell I would feel comfortable paying a man like that with $2 million guaranteed, okay, against cap, given all of what OG, OBJ is. Are there still weapons out there? Yeah, we were just talking about the Andre Yeah, there's a way that we can trade for a couple of guys, like, or we can draft, and we'll probably get into that. There are other options, but, you know, Joe Douglas has been good enough at the GM position to know I am not overspending for an asset. So that's how I feel. I'm good. Yeah. Sammy, what did you think? I know although Beckham is someone that would have been nice to have. It seemed like somebody that Aaron Rodgers really wanted. Were you one? I mean, we haven't, I know you've been on and off the show the past month. I know you've given your opinions on Beckham, but is that someone you were really high on getting? Are you, are you kind of bummed out we lost them? Or do you think the money is a little crazy for a guy that's going to turn 31 the middle of this season and has had two major knee surgeries, uh, hasn't really produced a big season in about five or six years? Yeah, I mean, I, less so is it crazy, but like Baltimore's crazy, man. Like you couldn't give Lamar Jackson the money he wanted and now you're in this whole predicament. And then you go out and you throw all this money at Odell Beckham. Like it just seems counterintuitive to me. And you sign him for a one-year deal, and you're hoping that maybe, like in his interview, he was like, Lamar, what's up, buddy? Would love to play with you, right? Like, obviously, that's the game they're trying to play, but you're trying to guy from one year. Like Mike said, he's been injured two of those the past three seasons. Like, you don't know what he's going to give you. That team's not built for a lot of success right now. Like, besides Lamar Jackson and now Odell Beckham, like, there's a lot of pieces missing on that team. Um so I don't really know what the thought is. Would I love the Jets to get him? Sure. Um, but I think we're okay either way. Uh, I think what we offered him was smart. I don't think we need to overspend. You guys mentioned it. Like, we can go out and trade for Mike Evans. We can go out and trade for G-Hop. Like, we can get another veteran guy if we needed to. Um, I think, like all Jeff fans, my main focus and concern is our boy A-Rod. And if yeah. he's sitting here or not. Yeah. I agree with you. Wookie, where do you weigh in uh, when it comes to the situation with Beckham? We've been chatting a lot about him. You know, his best years were on the Giants. Look, he's only played in 53 of a possible 113 games since 2016. It's been a hot minute here since this guy's been consistently on the field. Um, do you think the contract the Ravens got gave him, just considering everything we've mentioned so far, that Sammy mentioned, that Mike mentioned, this is the contract seemed kind of like almost like a desperation move. Do you think Mike's right? It's basically to try to get Lamar back in the fold here. I think so. I mean, it absolutely has to be because at this point, what else can they really do? So to pull an OD, you know, Beckham's going to be good for another couple of years. I can how good I don't know, but he's going to be a solid three at at, at worst. Um, do I think it was a ploy to get Lamar back? Absolutely. Do I think it's going to work? I have no idea because yeah. who knows what's going on with Lamar and his situation. But it was definitely, they were like, okay, uh, we're going to do this. But it, but as Sammy said, it also looks dumb. You couldn't guarantee him the money that he wanted, but now you're dropping money like this on a wide receiver. But 
it's a tough situation. Yeah. But I think it's definitely a ploy to get him back. Yeah, I agree with you. I think all you guys had valid points there. I wanted just to mention that um, from 2000, like 2017, we know Beckham, Beckham had his first injury with the G-Men there, 300 yards that year. A couple of seasons, barely over 1,000 after the big trade to the Browns. He didn't have that great chemistry with Mayfield. We know that. 319 yards, 2020. Um, you know, he had bounces in two teams the next season and didn't play last year. So, I don't know. It just seems like a lot of money. Mike, I know Wookie, you said he, he could be a good number three, but they gave him 18 million guaranteed, guys. The, you know, the top NFL receivers, I wrote it down here, you know, Tyree Kill guys makes 30 million a year. We know he's at the very top. Uh, Devontae Adams makes 28. But when you go down the list, he's making pretty good. That's like top of the NFL or top number two wide receiver or bottom end of the number one wide receiver level money. And I don't think the Jets were willing to pay that. And I don't think they should have paid that, just considering the production he's given us. And we've said the whole time on the show here, we thought he could be helpful for the squad. I think it'll be helpful for the Ravens, too. But it's not at that price. That didn't make sense with Jets. So I didn't I didn't mind that, guys. We had to address it. We've been talking about Beckham for a while here. Another guy we've been talking about for a while is our boy Aaron Rodgers. And uh, let, me just, let me just throw this at Sammy first here. A report today from Adam Schefter, Sammy, that the Jets and... Packers have not discussed anything in regards to this trade since the NFL um, owners' meetings, okay? So, or the GM and owners' meetings, you know what I mean. So, it's been a while since they talked about anything. Neither team wants to budge. They want the 13th pick, or I should say what's been reported is that they want a second rounder this year, Sammy, and a first next year. People think they'll budge on that, but they want to wait to the draft. Should we have any cause for concern, do you think, Sammy, that it's gone on this long, that nothing's happened, that here maybe the 49ers are in the mix now? Do you think that's all just hearsay Sammy and it's going to get done no matter what and Jeff fans can chill you know it's tough because as a Jeff fan you're always concerned right like you're always in the back of your mind you're always like it's just not going to happen for us um I think we're again we've said this a bunch of times I think we're in a better spot than Green Bay is with this whole Aaron Rodgers situation but when you hear stuff like San Fran maybe coming back into the play a little bit, that's a team that's also poised to be a pretty good football team next year with a good quarterback. So yeah. that gives you some pause because they're in a pretty good situation like we are. And that might be a team he might be okay with moving Sammy, play in. Have no money, Sammy. I, I yeah, I get that, but like you can it's the NFL. I feel like you could always find money, restructure stuff. You have no money. Um, Cap. Listen, I'm still. It doesn't make me not concerned, right? Because if Aaron, if the Green Bay Packers decide they don't want to, at the end of the day, yeah, we're also in a desperate situation. We have the 13th pick. The quarterbacks that we would want are going to be gone. The guys we're going to get aren't going to be as good as the dudes who are going to be gone. And there's not guys on the market anymore to go and pick up. So you're yeah. stuck with Zach Wilson. You don't have Mike White anymore. You just signed what's his name, Aaron Rodgers, backup from Mike years Can ago. I- so now you're in this position where it's like Aaron Rodgers or bust basically at quarterback, and that scares me a little bit. Can I shoot? Can I? Can I? Can I? Can I, can I make you feel comfortable? If, Please. If, Please. If, if if Aaron Rodgers shows up to Packers training camp this April and he hurts his pinky toe and can't play, then the Packers will be on the hook. Sixty million. Yeah, they are trading. Don't 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 fall into this ridiculous thing. They're, they're trying to save face, okay, from their fan base. He's a legend. They're not going to get a first round pick. Katie knows it. We all know. There's nothing they can do. 
hold fast until they're going to trade for him. There's no one else to take his contract. And then they're going to be on the hook for that contract. All he has to do is just show up with him. And they can't stop him. And if he gets hurt, they're on the hook for $60 million. Let's just stop. No, I agree. No I other mean, team is coming in. No other team has the cap space to pay him $60 million. Guess who does? Woody and his baby. Or That's who. Yeah, but the lack of headway scares me, right? Because I, you, you would have had to talk. By this point, it's been almost a month. You haven't made any headway. The draft's coming up. You know they really want to get done before the draft. And if they really haven't, I mean, listen, Roger Schefter to lose his number. So how much do I trust the guy at this point, right? But like, yeah. if you haven't talked at all, that's a little bit worrisome. Just yeah, a little you. bit. Like, I'm not saying let's burn all the bridges and set the house on fire, but like, I'm a little concerned that they haven't talked at all. I'm gonna say I'm gonna throw one thing into the mixture that I also read. Uh, that wasn't in that Schefter didn't report, but I read other articles on Sports Illustrated and a few other places. Was that, and I want to hear what you think about this too, Mike? Is that the Jets were kind of willing to maybe give up a first next year in the deal? When I'm talking about preliminary, preliminary before they even spoke to the Packers, right? At first, they were open to the idea. <laughs> Excuse me, guys. And then Aaron Rodgers went on the Pat McAfee show and told the whole world that his intentions were to play with the Jets which all I did was hurt the Packers' bargaining position. And then the Jets said, we don't need to give you a first. We don't need to give you a first. This guy wants to come to the team. And like Mike said, you have to get rid of him, which I don't know why a lot of people thought that went against the Jets' bargaining position. That actually helped the Jets' bargaining position because if you Google it right now, the Packers were understanding that that was kind of on the table until that interview. Then the Jets took it off the table. Woody Johnson is no longer interested in giving up a first for somebody that he knows wants to come to the team and that the Packers can't afford. So I know that there is cause for concern. It hasn't got done. This is the Jets, right? We, we When we first heard, when Aaron Rodgers first said he wanted to be a Jet, we already did a show about it. We're talking about getting ahead of yourself. That's how hyped we are here at AEBG and in general, Jet fans. But I agree, and I think that he's going to be a Jet. Joe Douglas basically said as much last week. But let me ask you, Mike, do you think the Packers, you know, after that Pat McAfee interview, Mike, the Packers didn't come off looking that great through the eyes of the media. Aaron Rodgers kind of said some things about the GM, the way they handled things, and let the world know he wanted to play for the Jets. Do you think after that, the, the position the Jets front office was taking on Rodgers changed once he publicly said, that's the team I want to go to, and everything you said, Mike, when it comes to the money? Um, I would tell you that the biggest thing that changed was when Rodgers said, I was 90% thinking of retiring that's good point hell, that scared the hell out of the Jets, and that yeah. really is what i think they would have entertained potentially um doing a, a first round pick next year and after they heard that that wasn't going to be the case they even said it he was 90 percent. how do we know he's good he's not going to leave we want protection the packers are looking for a first round pick next year it's not going to happen and i just think that all what he needs to do is sit there and chill and this is going to get done and I'm not at all worried about any of this because I know that the Packers have no other option when they talk about the Jets, the Jets can trade for Stafford, the Jets can go ahead and go crazy after Lamar the Jets could even just say you know what screw it, we'll go with Zach Wilson and then we'll draft a quarterback next year or trade all the way up into number three what we'll do you- draft a quarterback this year 
There's so many different options yeah. that the Jets have. The Packers don't have that. And the yeah. biggest reason they don't have it is the contract. They screwed themselves giving him this money. Guys, $60 million. $60. And Mike, they gave That's it to him last I'm year. I'm worried about this. They did this contract last year. Yes. The and next year after. You know what I'm talking about? Listen, and just to float another person probability out there, like I'd be cool with straight up like this year just being like, we'll give you this first round pick for Aaron Rodgers. Straight up, nothing else. No, like, no. I'll give you 13 for Rodgers for the one year. Oh, no. Well, well here's this is the thing, Sammy. I know just to get I, look, if the smoke clears, I, I bet you, Sammy, if we did a poll, there's more Jet fans that would agree with you than would disagree with you, right? But I know that I don't think a th- uh, the 13th, I mean, Whoops, sorry guys. Um, I think the 13th would be way too much at this point, just considering the fact that we already know that they don't have to give it up. So I think the Jets are looking at it like, all right, um, they want to buy this car on the lot. They know it costs um, $20,000. This guy's trying to get 50 from us. We're trying to go more towards the 20. I think from a bargaining position that the Packers have been hurt by that. I know what you mean, Sammy, but I don't think that they're in a spot. The Packers, now we could be wrong. We'll see how this plays out, but they're in really not a, they don't have a lot of leverage. And it's because of what Mike's alluded to here, and it's contractually, they resigned. They gave Rodgers. You guys all remember before last season when Rodgers was, ah, I might retire. I might not. I know what I want to do, you know, all this type of stuff. And they gave him this huge contract. Um, I don't know. I just seem like they're in a tough position, the Packers. And I think that Mike, Mike said, all Jets fans, it's hard for us as Jet fans and for Sammy, like Sammy's, you know, explaining, it's hard to sit back and just be confident. Oh, we'll get it done. still, Rodgers. Because it's Aaron Rodgers. You know, this isn't like a normal, we're not talking about like our backup safety. You know, this is Aaron Rodgers. So for Jet fans to be as chill as Mike is and as confident as Mike is, not an easy thing to do. I understand that, Mike. Sammy, I understand your standpoint. The Jets fan psychology is why we're not just going to, we're not going to accept anything until it's real. So I understand, Sammy. So Jet fans are at a point now where a lot of Jet fans I've spoken to, Mike, our friends, when I see them, it's always, what's going on with Rodgers? family members texting me like what is up why isn't he here at this net and i wish i had better answers for them but i do think this is going to go down till draft week at least draft day probably and aaron Rodgers, another report guys jet fans who want to go check this out um and i'm sorry guys i normally have always have my sources but i'm, I'm doing this with my phone today so i'm not as, as um composed as normal but aaron Rodgers told the jets look there's no rush that's because i'm not going to be there till may anyway so don't worry about it. I'm not stressed. Aaron Rodgers, just so Jet fans know, he's not sitting at home wondering why the Jets haven't made a move. Like, if that's not, just so Jet fans know in their heads, that's not happening. Aaron Rodgers is telling the Jets, chill out. It's all good. I'm not going to be there till May anyway. We're going to have time to figure it out. And basically, he hurt the Packers' bargain. I don't know if it was on purpose or not, but he did hurt the Packers' bargaining position on the Pat McAfee show. And I do think he will end up as a New York Jet. Another player that if the New York Jet guys is Quentin Jefferson. Now, Mike, we only had a big hole there on the defensive line, especially at defensive tackle. Uh, I know Quentin Jefferson isn't necessarily like an elite player in the NFL. He's probably going to play 20 to 30 snaps a game. But me and Mike spoke about this earlier today when it comes to Jefferson. He's a guy that his first two years didn't really play at all. Only played nine games, basically a practice squad guy. But the past five years, 20 and a half sacks from the defensive tackle position, ton of QB hurries. He's a guy that I think is at least equal, maybe even a little bit better than Rankins. Doesn't prevent us from getting a defensive tackle in the draft either. Mike, I think this signing was a smart signing. 
probably an under-the-radar player. He had a great game versus the Jets last year, if you remember. Versus us. He had a sack and a half versus the Jets, guys. Uh, Mike, a good signing for the Jets. A plug-in guy at defensive tackle. We'll probably still look at this position in the draft. But, Mike, this was almost... We've been saying it for a while now. We have this big hole there at the tackle. Even though it's a guy that maybe necessarily isn't the sexiest signing. Somebody that we definitely needed to bring in to, uh, to formulate that line. Right, Mike? Yeah. Guys, um, they're has been a lot of almost jets if you will obj calais campbell you know um orlando brown but jd you know whether they just never came in the door or jd was not you know it didn't work out um jd's gonna find value and you know free agency is never the easiest because there's a reason why these guys are free agents they're not held because they're not the best and you're not going to get a great value here in signing free agents however I think that Quinn is an absolute uh, great value uh, for what we need in this team. And to be honest and frank with everybody here, I know this is probably not going to be popular. I like him better than getting Clayus Campbell. Clayus Campbell is a, 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 an absolute legend. Okay, we know how great of a defensive tackle he was. If you look at his stats from last year, they're pretty much the same as Jefferson's. I mean, yeah. almost exact. And that dude's like old on his way down. And he got a young a guy who's in his prime, you know what I'm saying, trying to prove himself. Going to a team that he thinks he can win a championship. Playing against, playing next to one of the top two, three defensive tackles in the league and our boy Quinnett. Yeah. So I really like it. And, I, and like Keith said, defensive tackle is definitely going to be something that Joe Douglas goes after in the draft and may even add another D tackle. But I love this signing for everything that it is. And I think he's going to fit this the, the, the team very well. I think he's actually at above. He's a little bit of an upgrade over uh, a ranking. So uh, great signing by Joe Douglas. Yeah, he started Jet fans. Uh, Jefferson has started every single game the past three seasons. So the reliability is there also uh, when it comes to Jefferson, a really good player. And I think that he's someone that will be able to help the team for sure, guys. Um, what else have we got? Oh, we signed Tim Boyle, guys. Won't get into too much of that. Aside from the fact that he does have familiarity with our boy Paul Hackett. He has familiarity with Rodgers. Another guy that seems like they might be thrown into the mix, uh, you know, for that QB room for Aaron Rodgers. And another guy that, look, if, if Zach Wilson falters or doesn't look like he can help the team, that'll be the guy like the Mike White last year. That could be the Mike White next year. Um, you never know, guys. One other roster note to get to before we move on, just discuss a little bit about the draft, Mike, just in a general sense at least, is the LeBron James of punting. Maybe that nickname was a bit hyperbole because I don't think LeBron James has ever been cut from anything. We might, there's a chance, Mike, we might have gone a little bit ahead of ourselves with the nickname because um, our boys had the Los Huevos, Braden, man. I know he got hurt last year. Morstead came in and actually was one of the better punters in the league. Um, if you look at the punting stats and the kids' history, Braden, man, Mike, I mean, that 2020 draft class is officially just an absolute disaster. I mean, it was a disaster already, Mike. We're holding on to some some embers um, from that draft, right? Bryce Hall, uh, you know, Becton, I don't know. But the whole the whole draft, Mike, officially now is a disaster. And it's a, it's a kudos to Joe Douglas, Mike, that he basically whiffed on an entire draft class of players. And the Jets are still in a position to be good next year because he did so well the draft after that. Mike, do you have any parting words here for our boy Braden Man, the former LeBron James of punting, headed to Los Angeles? 
I really don't. And I'm really happy that he's out of here. I know a lot of Jeff fans are just so sick and tired of him. We should have never you know, got him in the first place and, and went in that direction. But uh, yeah, he's out, man. The only other big news before we get into the draft is uh, Brees Hall is thinking about changing his number. How about that? I saw that too. I saw that too. What is that about? Want to sell more jerseys? Do want the number 20 anymore? I think he wants double zero. Oh, double zero. Oh, double zero is a number now. I like I'm that. all about that. <laughs> Speaking of jerseys, Speaking of jerseys, Mike Keys and everybody here, Sammy, I heard, I got a little tip. Little Birdie told me from Los Huevos that Braden Man jersey sales through the roof right now. Yes. <laughs> through the roof right now. Yeah, dude, Los Huevos jersey is fire, dude. You already hunting dolphins yet or what? Like, you <laughs> already got them. Speaking of jerseys, check out the, the new jersey I got. You guys see this number here? Oh, boy. Joe Click. Joe Click. Oh, boy. I had a uh, ABG fans don't know this, but my buddies do. Me and a buddy of ours, Chris Fox, another Jet fan, former season, season ticket holder with myself before Sammy took the season tickets over with me. I uh, had a fire in our house about 10 years ago. My boys know this. And I lost a lot of clothes and stuff like that. So a lot of my old Jet stuff from growing up is gone. Had to rebuy the jersey because our boys going to the Hall of Fame, Mike. We'll be out there too covered for ABG guys. But let's get into this draft, Mike. Now we're gonna do mock madness the next few weeks. Normally we have a lot more draft stuff going by now. This year's been a little crazy, guys. I think when you look at most mocks, Mike, around the league, when you look at Kuiper, you look at Sports Illustrated, you, know, you look at PFF, all these different mocks. I would say, Mike, nine out of ten of them have us taking an offensive line. I see Paris Johnson um, being selected with the Jets. I see uh, what's it, Robert, Robert Jones also being selected with the Jets. You see a few of them um, that have uh, right, I think, the, the tackle for Tennessee. A few different guys. I think there's, you know, the holes on the squad, Mike, I think it's probably O-line, it's probably safety, it's probably defensive tackle. With the 13th pick, I know Joe Douglas likes to take the best player on the board, but we have a big hole, I think, at tackle, and I don't think anybody's relying on Makai Beckton to come back healthy next year. I think Jet fans, and I'm not trying to speak for all Jet fans here, but the ones I've spoken to, Mike, Makai Beckton's an afterthought at this point. If he comes back and he plays next year, fine, but I don't think anyone's expecting anything from him. But when it comes to the, the draft pick and the direction you think the Jets are looking, Mike, and we'll do the mocks next week, we'll give you more specifics. What position do you think you're going to be looking at when they get to 13, Mike? Or do you think Joe D is going to just be say, hey, I'm going to get the best guy on the board? Um, I think his approach is going to be, let me take the best person on the board. And so I agree that offensive tackle is where we're looking to go. Obviously, we really haven't done anything in the offseason to address that except for getting back a boy. Um, but as of right now, you know, I'm, I'm looking at the, the prospects. Um, there are two guys that I really, really like. And um, this probably doesn't align with a lot of people. Obviously, Paris Johnson Jr. is my favorite. Yeah. I'm going to talk about him. He's the guy, if I had to pick one dude, Coming out at 13, it would be Paris Johnson. Versatile. I can read it right here from the NFL. Versatile, rhythmic, uh, diagonal slides, shuffles his feet. Um, the guy is going to be a star uh, at the next level. He's able to get, hit that secondary block, put, uh, do great passing ball, uh, and running, uh, run blocking. He's somebody that I think is a plug-and-play at left tackle and is the most polished guy in the draft also um he played guard 
uh, sophomore season. So he's okay. also good at that as well. He's a Has versatility. Nice. So, so I, I really like Paris Johnson. The other dude that really, really makes me happy is Darnell Wright. Now, Darnell Wright, again, he was he played a little left tackle, got didn't do well, and then they moved him to right, and he was just a beast at right tackle. But I love what he did because of what he did up in Mobile. And that yeah. senior bowl. That's those senior bowls are so important. That's how we knew about JJ. JJ just wrecked it in the senior bowl. This is John All Right. If you look at some of the cats he played against, Will Anderson, the dude who they're saying number two, and also the number one pick last year. I forgot his name. Um, who was the number one pick last year? Jacksonville. He went against him too, shut ate him up. So Darnell Wright isn't like a sexy name, but if we if if, if somehow we uh trade down to like 16, 18 and grip this cat, put him on the right side, I'm in, I'm loving it. Um Peter Skronsky. Yeah. Yo, Northwestern. T-Rex, T-Rex cat. That's a monster right there. T-Rex cat. Long <laughs> You know, I'm not the fan. I'm not the biggest fan. I don't like the little nimble cats, like the little. You know what I'm saying? Like they're just. I'm not the biggest fan. Um, you probably could play guard. I don't see him at left tackle. Uh, he's good, no question. But at 13, I'm not really the biggest fan. And the one guy that I think we're gonna draft that I don't know if I really want, and I'd like to hear Sammy and uh, Wolfie's opinion is Roderick Jones. Now, Roderick Jones is is pretty cool because. This dude's big, 6'5", 3'11". Big dude, okay? He's a sophomore. He's a young, young, really young. Um, but some of the things that I'm not really... He hasn't played... He's played less than two full seasons, and his feet aren't the greatest. And I'm not... I, I like good feet. That's what Makai Beckman was exciting about because he was so nimble. He's like a Shaquille O'Neal, just the size of Jupiter and just mad nimble, you know what I'm saying? And usually you don't have that. But this dude kind of isn't that, but his ceiling is off the, out the roof. I, I would love to hear from Sammy and I'd love to hear from Wookie your opinions on Broderick Jones because honestly, knowing Joe Douglas, Joe Douglas is a guy who goes after the ceiling. He looks for the stars. If you look at Zach Wilson, he saw that arm, fell in love. He saw Mackay Becton, he saw the universe. And he was like, I'm, that's who I want. Like, he, he's a dude who goes for home runs. And I can't knock that. I like that approach. I probably would do the same shit. No, sorry, my uh, my language. But what, what do you guys think of Broderick Joe? Sammy. You know, I... I like his size. I like the potential, but I honestly am kind of high on Skronsky, man. Like, what? I disagree, dude. Like, so this this Sammy, guy, also tell people about the little arms. How guys can overcome the little arms because technique can help. Listen, with that, right? The guys got mad quick feet. I was looking into this dude's stats. Okay, like his combine st- splits, everything. So he was ranked number one in production score at an eighty-nine. Out of 100. He was. Number one. He was number one in the total combine OT rank. He was number four in athleticism score. The dude benched 30 reps of the bench press. Oh, that's savage. And then I'm looking into him as a a player. So I read this story. When uh, Wildcats starter left tackle, all pro, decided to sit out in 2020, he's a true freshman center. And he starts at left tackle for the next nine games and earns second team all pro. 
as a true freshman. This dude was just like, I'll play left tackle, and then crushed it. Savage. Now, I love that. I think like it gives me a lot of ABT vibes, the versatility, the ability yeah. to move from a center to all the way on the outside, which is like not even close to the same position at all. Yeah. Like even guard to tackle is easier than center to tackle. Like way different stuff. So I really like his athleticism. I like the explosiveness. I think he's quick. Like he had that injury, but I don't know with like Roger Jones, I feel like he's more prone to injury than a guy like Skronsky who's a little bit smaller, but a little bit more athletic, a little bit quicker. And I think there might be a run on tackles and I don't think the guys we want are going to be available. So I think Skronsky might be our best option at that place. Yeah, I've seen him. Uh, I like him a lot too, Sam. I know he does have the little arms, but I know Mike hates the most um, when he got those little arms. I've seen Skaronski in the top 10 um, in some of these mocks. I've also seen Paris Johnson as low as 18 on some of these mocks. The Jets don't even take him. I mean, these mocks have been crazy this year. I think it's more of a difficult year to predict how it's going to go than most years. I mean, when I'm when I was going through the other day, I'm like, man, this seems like it's going to be a difficult mock. And like you mentioned, man, you mentioned... Darnell Wright, Mike, from Tennessee, that guy is 6'5", 340. I mean, he's not Becton height, but he's Becton weight and size. A little bit less, though. Hasn't had the injury concern. And, um, I mean, he went up against some good competition. Also, one thing for Broderick Jones, you will say, last year, had a pretty good year and went against top competition, too. So, um, I don't think they can go wrong. I think it's a giant hole. The chance, though, like Sammy said, that all these tackles get taken. Because if you look in front of us, a lot of these teams need tackles. And that's what I'm concerned with um, more than anything. Mike, do you think that if all these guys are taken, or say maybe Johnson's gone and Skaronsky's gone, maybe another guy like Mike is gone, do you think they could pivot and maybe take, take like a Jackson Smith, a receiver at 13? Mike, I know you love him. I know that savagery to team him up with Garrett Wilson. I know we didn't maybe uh, get Odell Beckham. But if they have Lazard and get Jackson Smith and they have Gary Wilson and they have McCall Hartman, problems for everybody. And Corey Davis, I'm sorry, you're getting cut probably the next day. I'm sorry to say that. But Mike, what do you think about that? Is that far-fetched to think the Jets might go that direction because the whole tackle is so big? All right. So, um, Jackson Smith and JSN, this guy, when he was 18, when he was 19 on Ohio State healthy, playing with Chris Olave and Garrett Wilson, he was actually the best receiver on the field. And 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 people Ooh, don't really realize how ridiculous this kid is. Now he's not a burner, okay, like an Olave, right? He's mm -hmm. not going to be someone who's going to be playing on the outside and be able to explode and move his body like how Garrett Wilson can do. But this dude stop on a dime ability yeah okay his fast twitchness in the middle of the field and being able to change direction and just get open and immediate is second enough and on this team in the slot with with, with lazard as that why you know long stretch yeah. big dude and you got garrett oh no Oh no. Oh, oh. And they're young too. Both of them, Garrett and JSN. Oh, it is it's analyzed. I I uh I mean <laughs> that that that's kind of and when we get into the uh mock, I'm gonna have a little video on this kid. He's uh he's exciting. And uh I think that 
JD may be intrigued. And remember, he's going to look at it. If he's not in love with what's out there from an offensive line perspective, if he's not into Broderick Jones or Broderick Jones is gone, if Paris Johnson's gone and he sees the little Tyrannosaurus Rex arms and says, nah, I'm good, he may just go with JSN and say, screw it. You know? And listen, he could also go after that kid from Alabama, Branch, at safety. Oh, well. Yeah. He's a sick cover safety. We really need that. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if he did that. And I honestly wouldn't be surprised if he got the legend son, Joey Porter Jr., and said, you know what? Like, let's add another presence out there. Yeah. You know? those. Yeah, I think Branch, good. I think Branch is the guy, and I wrote this down, and we'll get into the weeds with our mocks and stuff. I think that's somebody that's going to get through the first round. And I think someone we could definitely look at in the second round. I, he's the best safety in the draft, though, Sammy. So maybe he doesn't get out of the first round. You're probably right. But I've seen a few mocks with us taking him. And if he's there, second round, that's kind of a no-brainer. They would grip him. I like that pick a lot. I think receiver is somewhere they might look. I think Mike could be right. Look, if an offensive lineman isn't there, they like. Or say uh, a Jalen Carter doesn't fall. He could fall. Oh, him off the field stuff going on right guys if he falls to 13 uh i don't know i think it's gonna be a jet i don't care what his off field issue is you're talking about all pro level guy all american two national championships um, i know he's not he doesn't really get after the quarterback yet that much but you look what he doesn't get to run he's just he's like a beast i mean having him with quinn would just be mind-blowing right but another guy to consider but i've seen this in a few mocks guys former number one recruit in the nation Brian Breesey, defensive tackle from Clemson, guys. Now, last year, a little injured, so um, didn't play as much last year. But 4 8 6 40 time for a key tackle. He's talking about a guy who's 6'5", 290. ACC first team as a freshman. And like I said, former number one overall prospect in the country. That could be another way they go at. Um, if, they, if they don't get an offensive line, if they don't go wide receiver, D tackle is a, it's a position they're going to go to. He's another guy that's at least first-round level quality. I don't think Jalen Harder is going to fall. Do you guys think this is crazy? I threw this at Mike earlier today. Let me ask you, Sam. Actually, let me ask you, Wookie. What do you think about this? Now, I know they have Zach Wilson. I know he drafted them. Things have not gone great the past few years for him. Do you think there's any conceivable world with the New York Jets knowing Aaron Rodgers is coming in, maybe not feeling like Zach Wilson's the guy, grab a quarterback at 13? Is that just out of this world? But do you think that's insane, Wookie? Because they feel no. like Zach Wilson? Or do you no. think it's a possibility if Levi... I'm glad you. I'm glad you asked me that. Oh, I'm sorry, Keith. No, no, I, you broke up a little bit. I didn't hear the last part of what you were saying. Do you think it's a possibility the Jets might actually go that direction, or do they have Zach Wilson here kind of prevents that? Because there's definitely going to be some dudes. Richardson could be there. Levi's could be there from Kentucky at 13. You get a little crazy. You think they might go that direction? No, I absolutely uh, would hope they would explore that uh, because. Even if Richardson or uh, Levis or Levi's isn't there, you know who probably will be? Hendon Hooker from Tennessee, and that kid can play ball. He got hurt, but that is, I mean, he was on the rise. He was having a season that, I mean, one of the best seasons ever, and I think that kid can really play ball. So if he's there at 13 and you're not feeling great about A.A. Ron being there more than a year, possibly two, that might be a place to grab a steal there with him once he gets healthy. Mike, do you think that a quarterback is not a realistic thing at 13, just considering we have Zach sitting there? Yeah, I don't I don't see it because I think that 
Um, they're still not giving up on Zach Wilson. I mean, who knows if if, if they don't feel that everything is right with Rodgers and, and the right situation comes up, you never know. Sure. I mean, you never know. But I, I really don't see, you know, a move like this. If they were to do it, if they were to do it, I think JD would probably uh, probably go Levis um, over Richardson just based on the the, the offense. Yeah. Um, but I, I just don't. And now I've heard, I've already seen guys um, in my mock. I might change my mock, guys. I might because I right now I got Levis going in the top five. I don't want to ruin it for people, but but uh, I've been hearing a lot that he may drop, like drop, drop, yeah, he may fall into like the twenties. Oh wow, for Levis, you think that far? That's crazy. I've been hearing. Well, you never that. know. Hey, the quarterbacks are the those guys are the fringe guys that have the arm and everything else. Like if Zach, if Zach Wilson went in the twenties the year we drafted, it might have been a surprise. It might not have because we played at BYU and said we took him number two. You do never know with those with those type of QBs. I think. Offensive line, wide receiver, D-tackle is what they're going to be looking at at 13. We're going to get further in when we go to the mock madness, guys, to the second-round picks. All I really wrote down for the second round, Mike, I wrote down oh. Ranch's name, which is what Sammy mentioned a moment ago. I think there's a chance he gets through the first round. I don't think teams – kind of – just so NFL fans know, the, the position on the defensive side of the ball that, to me, reminds me of the running back position on the offensive side is safety where it's kind of teams are teams have three of them, four of them now. There's no individual safety anymore. That's a Palomalu that theoretically, um, you know, c- controls the uh, the back end of the defense now. Teams have a lot of guys. So you don't see as many of them drafted as high as they used to be. So he could get through. He had 90.7 run grade on PFF, guys, for Branch from Alabama. He's a savage. And last year, at hundred in his career, I should say, in 173 possible tackles for that kid, he only missed four tackles. That's almost, you don't really see like tackling skills like that in college. That's tremendous. I also wrote down Hooker as a possibility in the second round. Not the first round. If you get through the second round, who knows, man? Maybe they do grab a quarterback. Bro, yeah. I, I think there's one guy that we got to pray. Remember how I said that uh, Paris is our our star at 13? That That's our, our hope, that we get Paris Johnson. Yeah. My hope, everything, and, and I know he's not going to be there. John Michael Schmidt. Oh yeah, out of Damn Minnesota. Yeah. That is, that is it. I mean, I don't think he's going to be there. I think he'll probably go at the end of the first round. But we're, you know, we need center man. And I think we'll formerly probably- John Michael Jingenhammer Schmidt. Yeah, John Michael, John Michael Schmidt. Oh, yeah. uh, that would be tremendous if we could get somebody like that. That'd be. Uh, imagine they go back to go brick mangle style grab us two offensive linemen in the same draft that'd be tremendous get a center too you, it's funny you draft a center in the first two rounds and they're just on your team usually for like a decade they're just there forever yeah you think know, about those, it those are solid Keith uh spot. Keith yeah. think about it mangled went there who's that cat uh Creed Humphreys remember went yeah. there right around there end of the first beginning of the second like that's the sweet spot for center. that's true that's true yeah I've seen a lot of Titman too around that jet pick because um, they John Jingleheimer, I think, is going to go. But I've seen a lot of uh, Tibbin, who's a he's like probably the most sound fundamental center yeah. in the draft. So yeah. I don't think we can go wrong with either one of those guys, to be honest. Um, and I think and that we won't have, definitely won't have 
42 and 43. One of those picks is history in the Rodgers trade. We know that. So I'm not even going to, we don't even have to really talk about two picks in the second round. We're just going to have the one. Now, when we do the mock, Mike, we're not going to really know. Because I don't think Aaron Rodgers, guys, I don't think he's getting traded until draft week or draft day, like we said earlier today. So we're going to just do the mock as is now. And Mike, we could throw a second pick in the second round. I guess we don't really have to. I don't think that pick's going to be there. I don't think there's any chance we're going to be able to hold on to that pick. But 13, 13 is going to be the Jets. That's not going to be the Packers. So we'll be able to go ahead with that pick, do our whole first round. Going back to the 2020 draft, 2020, 21, 22, all those three drafts in a row, we have done a really good job with the mocks, kind of giving you guys a feel for who the Jets might select, the position they might select. We haven't done as well with the other teams, right? But who does? Mel Kuyper gets 5% of these things correct, right? Um, we, we've done better than him pretty much every single year. We've with the done, Jets, man, so last year with Brees Hall, Mike, we were on it. Even with oh. Mims and Becton, all these different guys. Even with players, look, that might not have worked out. But when the draft came, we had a good feel for who the Jets were going to take. We'll uh, see if we can do that again. Over. We're all over it, brother. We're all, I know you remember you picked Becton. Like, son, it was, we've been so good. I don't even want to keep tooting our horn. But, man, if we nail this, we got to do some more studying, bro. Because we, we, we've been doing good. I mean, but I'll I'm tell you what, ABG fans, last year, no other podcast with and the, the highest listened to podcasts all have former NFL players on them and stuff, right? Uh, no other podcast, none of these experts, none of those people out there were saying the Jets were going to take Brees Hall or saying they should take Brees Hall or yeah. did five shows about it like we did or do a mock draft for the world to see and say the Jets are going to take Brees Hall. But we did. And then we told you all they're going to run the offense through him. That's why we wanted to take him. That did happen. So look, man, just to win and, and, and it bothers me, Keith, because there's broadcasts like Play Like a Jet. I listen to Play Like a Jet. I love that, Scott Mason. But he, you hear him, oh, and I was telling everybody that we need to take Brees Hall. No, you weren't. None of you were. None of you. And I listened to all Jet podcasts. No one was saying that. We were saying that. Yeah. And I got, I got pop open every single, we were saying that, okay? And so, uh, again, I'm not, I'm just trying to be real because Mike, the year before, Elijah and Tucker. And being serious. Yeah. Yeah. And the year before, Elijah and Tucker. Right out of my mouth, I told you. The Jets are going to take him. He should be a Jet. We can go We go down the list, guys. You know what I'm saying? And this is not easy, but with the Jets, we've done a good job. So we're going to start the mock. <laughs> Excuse me, guys. You know, the Jets have pick 13. They have 42. They have 43 as of right now. So we'll do the first half of the mock next week. Maybe picks 1 through 25, something like that. Do the second half draft week. Then we'll be ready to rock with you guys draft night, as always, up until we get to that pick number 13. And that's all we got for you guys today. I want to thank. Tell, oh, God, tell, tell, tell the ABG fans, honestly, Keith, I want to hear an opinion of yours. If you're the general manager of the Carolina Panthers, who are you taking? And if you were the general manager of the Wookiee Leaks Dynasty League, wow, who are you taking? I, I I need to know. I need I need something. I need to know because I'm I'm fascinated with both. Yeah, you know what? I'll give you my answer. I think I think you know just to give everybody some context. Once again, we've been riding with us. We have the 16 man keeper league, full roster keeper league. So our draft every year, our our draft every year is just rookies and free agents, right? And the Wookiee has the number one pick next year. Now my my answer would be Stroud. I like Stroud. I think in the NFL. His game from college is going to cross over the best of all the guys that are in are in consideration here at the top. Um, I don't. I think this year is NFL wise and 
than how that carries over our draft. A difficult year if you have the number one pick. Like, there's not, Mike, there's not a Trevor Lawrence. There's not an Andrew Luck. You know, there's not the guy that you're like, all right, now this is slam dunk. There's a few dudes that people are going, oh, well, he could be better than him. He could be better than him. So it's difficult. I like Stroud. But let's let's hear it right from the horse's mouth. Look, you got the number one pick in the draft. <laughs> now, you, you don't got you don't got to tip your hand, Wookie. But are you looking? Are you looking? You got to be looking quarterback, right? What are you doing? I will. Uh, wow. I will reserve my right not to speak. No, I'm. Jo- I mean, of course, I'm looking. I'm looking quarterback. I'm looking running back. I have one and four. Where are you leaning? Where am I leaning? I mean, obviously, it, it's super flex, so it's uh, it's quarterback. I'm leaning, but I mean, Bijan is Bijan. But again, does that make my team ready now or within the next couple of years? True. As great of a talent as he is, so I mean, it's a lot to weigh. And I think that this uh, this running back class is actually a little deeper than a lot of people will give credit. If you, I mean, everybody in this league does. If you do some research, obviously everybody does. Um, so it's going to be interesting. It'll be interesting. Four. That would be nice. But again, I'm I'm more than two pieces away from contending consistently. So if something comes along that makes sense, and I trade out a four, I mean. Maybe that happens. I, I, I'm not sure. Like, there's a lot of things to think about coming into the draft, though. So it's exciting either way. Oh, boy. oh no, it's, it's very exciting. I know everybody wants to know what your pick's going to be. We got divisional realignment coming up. A lot of exciting things in our league, which we won't bore you guys with, don't worry. But I know Mike's trying to just get some info out any way he can. He knows if he puts the Wookiee on the podcast live for the world to hear, he might get some extra info. So I respect your approach, Mike. I respect what you're trying to do. Um, and I think that's everything for this week, guys. I think got it done. I did it on my phone this week, guys, because my computer was not working well. So did my best. Thank you for thank you for bearing with me, guys. Um, on behalf of the number one Jet fan in the state of Texas, Michael Agaris. On behalf of number one high school football coach in the nation today, Samuel Hare. And on behalf of the number one tight end in college football history, the big book, Nick Kronk. My name's Keith Fowl. Get at you next week, everybody. Peace out. That was a good one. <laughs> that was good. Good job, boys. Yeah, that was an easy piece. We didn't, I, I didn't do on Facebook at ABG.Just Radio. On I know, I forgot. That's my bad. We're right through it. <laughs> no, it's all good. That's my fault. That's that was my good. Fault.